Hi, I'm Desiree, and this is Sharga Love Stories. So people who know me or have known me long enough know that I have these commitment issues. Like since the dawn of time, I just felt like I wouldn't be a relationship type of girl. Like I can't follow the rules. There'd be broken hearts everywhere, just a massacre, like Kill Bill styles. But in seeing more and more examples of the type of relationships I want to be in, that mentality is slowly starting to change. And it's conversations with people like Miss Gail Villaluz Casacha that are making me see the light. It's conversations with women like her that are helping me to realize that you can create a new and different and beautiful type of partnership with someone on your own terms, outside of the rule book. Gail is the owner of White Banana Beach Club, a gorgeous resort right onto us on beach that offers luxury dorm rooms, a cocktail bar, and restaurant, which she helps to run along with her husband. She's also a mother of four lovely girls, three of which she had with her partner from a previous marriage. She's also a former employee of an OnlyFans growth management agency where she trained others on sex talk and fetishes, sexting, and flirting. What a job. When you see Gail and her husband together, it's as if they just met and are still in this honeymoon phase. Just super affectionate, you know, undeniably in love. You would never guess that they've been together for six years. I mean, couple goals, seriously. What people may or may not know is that Gail and her husband are currently in a non-monogamous relationship, and her journey is just so unique and special. I'm just so grateful to her for being so open and willing to share her story on this podcast. Gail's relationship setup is not for everyone, yes, but what she offers in this episode is simply another way of thinking that there are other options outside of a traditional monogamous relationship that can still be so bountiful and limitless with love. Oh, I just love this conversation, so let's get into it. I'm so glad to have you here, Gail, because honestly, like, I'm so grateful you can join us and share your experience because... Personally, your story is so interesting to me (laughs) and intriguing and in a way comforting, especially for people who just want to break conformity and design their own lifestyle based on their own rules. And I've always just been for that and been an advocate for that. So prepare for a billion questions coming at you. I'm scared already. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, So actually, I first met you in 2019 because I was a yoga teacher at White Banana Beach Club, which you own with your husband. Can you just kind of tell us a bit about that and how you came to Shargao? And I love that story of how you team met. Maybe we can start with that. And if you can tell us about your first date. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we met uh, through modern times. A lot of people know about this. We met through Tinder. We both swiped right and <laughs> said like, hey to each other. And that 
started the rest of our lives, I guess. Yeah. You can put it that way. And then, um, so we just chatted for about a day and then we decided to meet. We met at a French bistro. We had in Manila. In Manila, yeah. in Makati, yes. I was still living there. He was based in Bohol. He was freelancing as a dive instructor there. So we met at the cafe bistro, a French bistro, and he asked me what I wanted to drink. He said, let's have one drink before heading off to dinner. So what do you want to drink? Do you want beer? And I said, no, I'm a dark spirits kind of girl. And he was like, okay. <laughs> like, what does that mean? It's like, well, I like dark spirits. Uh, rum, cognac, brandy, you know, not, not the vodka kind of thing, not a vodka kind of girl. So we had Jameson as our first drink. And then after that, we walked from this French bistro two kilometers to an Italian restaurant. So it was like, it's, it's near, let's just walk. And I was like, okay, I like walking. So we walked, and he said it's near, but it's two kilometers. But I like walking, so no sweat. We had Italian, and then after that, like I've heard of this very good cocktail bar, speakeasy, so let's walk there. So, okay, let's walk. So that was another 1.6 kilometers of walking. In total, we walked 5.2 kilometers together that night. Wow. And he said that it's the first time that he had a girl walk with him. Usually when he had the Tinder, he was active on Tinder. We both were. And usually he asks women, like, let's walk. And they were all like, no, let's take a cab because <laughs> I'm in high heels and all that. And I was wearing my trusty Chuck Taylors that night because I don't like wearing heels. So he said, like, you're the first woman who walked with me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's how I rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> do. Italian do. <laughs> so after that night, we met every day until he went back to Bohol. And then after two weeks, I flew to Bohol. And then after that, every two to three weeks, someone, one of us will fly to the other one to meet. And then after a few months, he asked me to move in with him to Bohol. So I quit my eight-year corporate job. I moved to Bohol. And he said, don't unpack your boxes. We're moving to Shurgao. And then after, I think, a month in Bohol, we moved here together. Oh, my God. How did you feel that night? So that when you met him, how did you know that he was the one that you wanted to kind of be with? I didn't. Right. I completely didn't. In the beginning, our, our kind of relationship started as an open relationship. He was very upfront with me, which I really appreciate about, about him. He went to Bohol after two weeks. He said, I really, really like you, but you're in Manila. I'm, I'm in Bohol, and I'm a guy, which kind of implies that I can't keep my pants on. Mm -hmm. I was like, two weeks is a long time for me without sex. So he kind of suggested an open relationship in the beginning, and I agreed to it because, you know, I can't keep my well. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt that connection with him in the beginning and you were like, this guy is different yes, from all the Tinder um, boys. Yes. The, one of the very first things that I've done that I haven't done with any guy is because I was also active on Tinder, like I mentioned. But usually I hook up and then I go. With him, um, on the first date, we went back to his place. We talked a lot. And then I fell asleep. We didn't, you know, do anything because I fell asleep. 
And usually when that happens, if I wake up in the middle of the night, grab my things and go out. I woke up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. and I was supposed to like sneak out. I saw that he had this message in WhatsApp. And he said afterwards that it was, you know, just a normal sweet message, but it sounded like poetry. Mm. So like you're you're rock but soft at the same time, you're smooth and you're like all these things. I don't really remember. I wish I remember it. And I put down my phone and I went back to sleep. So that was, I guess, the first time that I slept over with a stranger. Yeah. I guess that was one thing. And then afterwards, I can't really explain it. There was a connection for sure, Mm -hmm. but I can't explain why. What was the connection all about? I felt like I was being drawn to him. And he said that it was the same way with him. Like, we were drawn to each other and we didn't really understand why. He more understood than me because he said that he's a spiritual person and he believes in past lives. After our first date, after that first night, he said he recognized me, that I was the one, the one, the, the girl that he's been with in, in his past lives. The girl that he's been looking for that he's been with in her in his past life, if you call it soulmates or right. kindred spirits. Ah. And he recognized me after that first night. And he was like, I've been traveling the world for six years. And I found her. Found her in this lifetime. And he didn't tell me that after a few months. Uh, mm. He said he didn't want to creep me out. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I got chills from that. That's so beautiful. Wow. I think it's just like a feeling then. It's like... You see someone and you you just have to go with your gut. Mm-hmm. When he asked me to move in with him, it took me a while to make the decision. And even when I did make the decision and moved in with him, I wasn't really sure of anything. I didn't move in with him because I knew that he was the one, that I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. I moved in with him because I felt, I felt right about it. But I couldn't explain why. I couldn't really find any plausible explanation within myself. Like, why am I doing this? I'm quitting my job. What, what's going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what the future held. Like, what if it, this doesn't work out? But I was like, let's do it anyway. Wow. So then from that point, you moved to Shargao. And then what happened when you moved to Shargao? When we moved to Shurgao, to be honest, it wasn't really, I didn't really like it in the beginning. I've never been here. So the first time I stepped in Shurgao was the day I moved here. And there was, you know, there was only little things around. There wasn't so much like establishments around here. And I was, I was a city girl. I, I'm not one of those people who dreamed of living the island life, to be an island girl. I I never, ever thought of that. I was comfortable in the city. Mm -hmm. So it was a 180 for me, kind of unexpected, but I followed him. Mm -hmm. It was just that I followed him. I didn't like moving to the island, but he wanted to be here. And I wanted to be with him. What was it like dating him in the beginning stages? He's Italian, so he's mm-hmm. very different. Yes. From 
what you're used to or even as a Filipina, it's different. It's different. I've, I've dated other foreigners, not Italian though, but Italians are different. I don't know if it's true for all Italians, but with him, it's you know, he's very sweet and affectionate mm-hmm. and very romantic. And really what I like about him is he's very honest. He's very honest about his feelings, about his thoughts. He's very upfront about it. And I really appreciate that. Because yeah. right away, right off the bat, you said that he told you the truth. He told you that I enjoy being with other women. So how did you feel about that initially? Initially, I was thinking that it wouldn't go anywhere. Like, ah, okay, so this is just, you know, hookup. Like, we're probably just going to be constantly hooking up. This is not going anywhere because he likes that. But on the other hand, I thought I also liked him, but I also liked being with other men as well. So this is why I agreed to the open relationship in the beginning. I like to hook up around. So you know, if you agree, like I really like you, I want to keep seeing you, but I don't want to tell you that you're going to be the only one. Like you're going to be the only one that I have feelings for, but you're not the only one that I'm going to be with in the bedroom. I gave it, I gave it a thought, to be honest. So I thought like, I definitely can do that too. So I said, okay, like, let's do that. You know, if you, if you, if you're going to have other women, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be with other men as well, but we'll keep seeing each other. Maybe he was already like saying, I love you. We were both saying, I love you to each other. But whenever, when we're apart, when I'm in Manila and he's in Bohol and we weren't seeing each other, then, you know, we do our stuff. That fast. So right away, you knew that you felt so strong and you loved each other and you were, you just wanted, it was a kind of like a trial thing then. You're like, okay, fine, like, let's try this. Yeah, it was kind of a trial thing. It wasn't that I felt that strongly for him, that I loved him that much. That's why I felt it. But I just, it was a, a change for me because mm-hmm. I know that I'm a very, you know, sexual person myself and I've thought of that kind of setup. Yeah. And then he came along and he had that thing in mind as well. So I got curious, like, can this really work? Can we really be together and still, you know, hook up with other people? I don't know if I could say the word fuck, but <laughs> so, <Totally. laughs> so I wanted to try it. Yeah. But I, I loved him. I wouldn't say I, I loved him so much. I loved him. And I wanted to see where this was going. Yeah. But in my mind, like to be honest, in my mind, I gave him six months. So I was thinking, you know, let's do this. But if in six months we're still doing this, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Like, I don't think it's going to be this serious if we're still hooking up with other people after six months. But I didn't tell him that. It was just all in my head. It was like a time frame, a, a deadline for him. And... He asked to be exclusive after four months. He said, we went on a trip to Bali. And while there, he said that he's been thinking about it for the past month. And he didn't really have the appetite for other women for the past month. Because he was always thinking about me being with other men. And he couldn't take it anymore. Mm. And he also thought about it for himself. He was asking himself, like, 
I have two options. It's either that I go on and hook up, continue hooking up with different women and leave her, or I stay with her and her only. And the end result was he told himself that, you know, but I really, really like being with her. So in Bali, he, one day before Valentine's Day, I remember, he asked to be exclusive. And I actually didn't believe it at first. I told him, like, if we become exclusive, you know that you can't go on hooking up with other women, right? Like, are you ready to just, you know, hook up with me? Like, just me, no other women. And he was like, yeah, 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 I've been thinking about it. Like, I really want to be exclusive. Like, I've been thinking about you with other men and I can't, I can't really take it anymore. So, like, I just want it to be us right wow. now. It's like, are you sure? Like, two to three weeks apart, Bohol, Manila... Are you sure you can keep your pants on? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. Like, I've really thought about this, and I want to be exclusive. And now you are, you've been together for six years. Six years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's that long. That is incredible. <laughs> I actually saw photos from your beautiful wedding oh. <laughs> on um, the island yes. a few years ago. Literally an island wedding. Yeah, that's amazing. Can you describe your relationship now? You both practice. So to this day, you, you kind of practice non-monogamy, which is a kind of an umbrella term that describes something that's just not monogamous. If mm-hmm. you can help us through describing what that relationship looks like, because you would know, I know you were mentioning before, you, you don't like to put labels on it. I mm-hmm. hate labels. <laughs> so I love that you don't like to put labels on it. But if you can kind of describe what that relationship looks like. It's different from when we first started. So when we first started, I can confidently say it's an open relationship. Now, there are, like we've talked about it, him and me, and we both don't like calling it an open relationship because it's not a, like a, a fuck for all kind of thing. Right. It's more of the freedom or accepting the other person's individuality. We both know we're both very sexual individuals and that we like sex a lot. Of course, the best ones are is to being with him or having doing it together. But when we're apart, for example, because we travel separately, we backpack separately. So when that happens, you know, you, you get the feeling of longingness, mm-hmm. of intimacy. And he's not there or I'm not there. And it just so happens that you you just need to satisfy the urge or you just need to release it. And it's just, you know, accepting that that might happen. We've talked about it a lot. Before, it was always just talk. And then he just told me one time when I was in Thailand that if you meet someone interesting you can go on and do it. Like, I'll give you the freedom to. And I want you to tell me all about it. And I was like, why? Like, we've been talking about this, but like, why now? And he just said that uh, for the past seven months, he's been fantasizing about it. And he just wants to hear stories of me doing it. And I asked him, are you giving me the freedom because you're expecting me to give you the same thing? Because to be honest, I'm not ready yet Like, for now, I'm not ready to give you the same freedom. So he was the one who started giving it to me. And he said, no, I'm not expecting you to give me the same freedom, but I just want you to to do it if you find someone that you like. 
Yeah. I mean, wow. Just because there's this huge stigma, right, between, and it's, I feel like especially in the Philippines, but I think everywhere, you know, behind open relationships and having multiple partners and having this freedom. Like, why do you think that is? Because to me, it sounds like a good setup because here's the thing. I hear a lot of like what you're saying is that everything is based on communication, which I love yes, right off true. the bat. He did not deny the fact that he loves women and loves being with women. You did not deny the fact that you love being with other men. You wanted to start like, let's try this out. Let's go through this whole thing. Then he really shared his feelings and wanted to be exclusive with you. I think every step of the way, it felt like there was just so much communication mm-hmm. that that's the one thing that separates it from a lot of people. Because at the end of the day, I have so much to talk about my feelings towards monogamy, but everyone's thinking about sex. Everyone that's thinks about true. that half of there's these staggering statistics that like half of the mar- of marriages end in divorce, mostly because of infidelity. What does that say? That people are constantly thinking about it. So if you're out in the open about, okay, here are the things, these are my needs. This is how I feel about you know, my sexual needs, it almost becomes a conversation and it makes you feel less crazy and alone that you think this. Yes, that's true. And it didn't really start with us just giving the freedom to each other to, you know, be with other people, but it started with us together with other people. Mm -hmm. So we were, for example, at parties, so we would meet people there and we would bring them home and it started with that it was a game for us we, we we have this game that we play whenever we're at parties so we like he steps out like he goes far and watches me flirt with other men so he likes it he it turns him on and also same for me i step out and i look at him flirting with other women and then it evolved to bringing other people home to play with us <laughs> and then evolved with you know bringing more people home so and then when i guess we're just confident with each other that we now at this point in our life we love each other that much we know that we're gonna be together for the rest of our lives at least in yes. this lifetime and hopefully right. the next but we're that confident that we can allow ourselves to be more free individually mm-hmm. and not just you know play with people together of course the the best ones the best ones are when we're together it's still the best ones yeah but basically being with other people when we're apart it's just satisfying the urge or following the instinct which is sex that's it there's no attachment no emotional feeling nothing you know, let's see each other tomorrow, let's have breakfast, let's cuddle, pillow talks, nothing like that. Uh-huh. It's just, you know, I'm, I feel the need to have sex right now. I see you, you're interesting, let's go. And after that, goodbye. So we have this set of rules yes, when we're with ask, other people. There must be boundaries and yes. rules that you mm-hmm. have. Can you share a little bit of how that looks like? Okay, so we've talked about this. The thing with Jimmy and I is we talk a lot. Like, we love talking to each other. Uh, Sometimes before bed, we just, we talk. 
about things. About, yeah. And we always like to reminisce on the day we met, on the first date, and all the things like about our journey together. And so we talked about the conditions or the rules, or as you see, the boundaries. One of them would be no sleepovers. So again, being with other people separately is just to have sex and period. Nothing after that. So sleepovers means, you know, cuddles and pillow talk and breakfast in the morning. So nothing like that. And that could lead to something maybe more attachment or more emotions or developing something that, that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So after you have sex with someone, then they leave or you leave. For me, at least, it's always better that if I do it with other people, I bring them home instead of me going home with them. Because mm-hmm. I can kick them out. I like kicking them out. Afterwards. <laughs> I think I'm good at that. And then, yeah, no cuddling, no sleepovers. Uh, and very importantly, no exchange of social media platforms or numbers. Mm-hmm. So no communication right after. It's not like, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again tomorrow night. Nothing like that. Right. If you, if you get horny the next night, then go find someone else. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts on monogamy and how, if this was kind of a natural thing for you that you wanted to explore or if you've always thought about it, or, you know, maybe if it's something that you took because there were other past relationships that didn't work and you wanted to try something or experiment with something new, what are your thoughts on how you wanted to see this new partnership as something completely different? With monogamy, I think that, you know, this is the first relationship that I've had that's set up like this. And the rest has been monogamous. And I think what changed my mind from being towards, you know, monogamy in a monogamous relationship to this is that, like what you said, my experiences before. I've been cheated on so many times. Mm. And, you know, I've cheated on as well. I've cheated on other relationships as well. I've always known that, you know, I like having sex. And this is why, you know, I've cheated. I'm not proud of it, but I've done it. And I guess the thought of not being in a monogamous relationship has has been in my mind for a while. But I, to be honest, I didn't know that it was possible. I didn't know that I would meet someone who would be into something like that. Like, I think most men that I know, they're more possessive. Like, you're mine and you're mine only. And this is why I think also that a lot of people cheat because they have the urge. You know, we're all very sexual individuals. It's an instinct. But you have the the, the obsessive, possessive thing, the, the trait within you. So you're like, you're, you're mine only, but you know, you feel the urge, so you go get it. Yeah. And this is how, this is why a lot of people cheat in monogamous yeah. relationships. Because they don't want to admit, or they don't want to share their partners. Now that I've, I'm, I'm in this kind of relationship, I don't think I can be monogamous. I don't, like, now I've, I've realized that I've never been a monogamous kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've just been always in a monogamous relationship, but I'm, I'm never a monogamous person. Yeah. I mean, so I, I was listening to this red, do you, do you watch Red Table Talk with uh, Jada Pinkett? I've watched some episodes, yeah. 
So there is this episode that I love and they explore polyamory or non-monogamous relationships. And I love what the daughter has said that she, she was saying that she wanted the freedom because she's in a, she's in a kind of polyamorous setup. And she said that she wanted the freedom to create a relationship style that works and not just stepping into monogamy because that's what everyone around you mm-hmm. says is the right thing to do. So she asks herself, how can I structure the way I approach relationships with that in mind? And to me, and I was mentioning this with, in the last episode with Summer because I have a lot of commitment issues <laughs> since oh, the dawn of time. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I mentioned to her that I regard relationship as a prison it's the fact that I've always had and that's getting stuck with one person because in my mind like I've just in my entire life have avoided committing in relationships in general so I've actually considered polyamory as an option and even researched it and kind of I, I, I kept that to myself for the longest time because I also thought that it was kind of like oh my god like how will people think it exactly I just feel like you can't be everything to one person and vice versa. Like, I think that that is so much pressure. And I also started realizing this when I was dating a lot in New York. And when I was living in New York, there are so many different men from so many different ages, Mm -hmm. so many different backgrounds. And, you know, I would have different connections. Like, for example, I would like have this connection with this one guy and I would be, he would be like kind of my artsy French lover, super sexy, you know, had this incredible connection, talked about art and life and like go deep into that kind of thing. Then I would have like this guy who would fulfill like the adventure stuff and he would be like, my firefighter, adventure, surfer, like, let's do something spontaneous and crazy. And then, you know, obviously, and then a different guy who would be like my fun party culture, like one person is so complex that to have one guy fulfill all of your needs and all of your sexual needs, emotional needs, mental, spiritual is very difficult. So I started exploring that aspect. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like as a society, there's too much stigma in something that is outside of monogamy. And I want to know kind of how you redefine relationships and how maybe we can try to rewrite our own rules when it comes to marriage and relationships so that we're happy. Because I think for me, I sacrificed having beautiful commitments and relationships because I just didn't want to go deeper with someone because there's just so many, there's just so many different Mm -hmm. people. Right. So it's like, how do you redefine those rules and how do you kind of for for yourself personally get all of those people judging you or out of out of your head and just focus on working with this person together to create something that's completely different that's tailored to what both of you want i think at this point in my life i know what i want and at this point in my life i don't really care what other people think. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, I've talked about this to other people. I'm sure that, you know, they've had something to say about it to other people, but I, I don't really care. We're both very happy. We know that we love each other so ma- much, no matter 
how many people we sleep with together or separately, that we would still end up living in the same house, living in the bed, having all those conversations, drinking wine together, partying together, getting drunk and wasted together, and all that, like sleeping and waking up beside each other. And wow. for me, that's all that matters. What other people think, it, it really doesn't matter. We, we accept each other as individuals, as who we are, and we're open to what other possibilities this life might bring. For now, this is our setup. We hook up with other people, you know, only for sex, and that's it. But it may change in the future. We're not closing our doors to that. Mm-hmm. And what other people might think, it, it doesn't matter. They say wow. that, you know, we're, we're wife and husband, and we have kids. Like, what would our kids think if their parents are like this? Well, our kids would be very open-minded. Yeah. Our kids would, would grow up to, to see how wonderful this kind of setup is. Yeah. They see their mom and their dad love each other so much. It really doesn't matter what, what other people would say to them about us. Because what they see matters. How, they, how we make them feel matters. Oh, I love that so much. No, when I see you two together, there's just so much love even after... Six years is such a long time for me that it doesn't even it doesn't even feel like six years because you guys are just so loving towards each other. Yes, we you know, we say I love you so many times. We're very affectionate physically, intimately with each other. He he tells me I'm beautiful every day. He tells me I'm I'm hot, like I'm the hottest girl in the room. Some parties he would say, like, you know what, if we didn't know each other and I'm in this party, I would still come up to you. until now and makes me feel secured yes I think a lot of men especially when they're in long-term relationships they forget to compliment their their wives or their partners they would think that you should know this I have a I have a friend who's in the same thing and it would like am I beautiful and the guy would say you should know that Mm -hmm. like just tell me I'm beautiful why you already know you are Mm -hmm. and they forget that they Women needs to be reminded every day that they're loved. They're the hottest woman. They're the best in bed. They're the best mom. They're the best partner. That they're good at this. That they're, you know, they're there to support him. He always tells me, whatever you decide on, I will support you all the way. Wow. So in the end, other people really don't matter. It's just so us. True. That's so true. So what are your, what are the qualities that or what is required for a relationship to work in this type of setup you mentioned communication there must also be definitely a trust yes there is communication is probably the number one Mm -hmm. thing and the trust it it built up over time like you see we were in a relationship open relationship in the beginning and then we became exclusive for how many years and then after being exclusive and, you know, really trusting each other and seeing that, yeah, we can do it. We trust each other, we love each other, and we've already built this life together. Then we can be more open again. Yes. That's the key because (laughs) I just have to say there's some of my girlfriends who are like, you know, their partners, they're no longer partners with these people, but... (laughs) (laughs) Good for them. You go, girls. (laughs) 
but they're like, let's be in an open relationship. It's so new into the relationship. So A, the foundation and the trust is not yet there yet. And B, their idea of let's have an open relationship or a non-monogamous relationship is literally sneaking around texting women. So, and then, you know, they get defensive when their partner asks, okay, who are you messaging? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, nobody. It's like, so basically you're cheating on you in front of your face. (laughs) Goodness. Gail's covering her face right now. Like, no. No, no, that's really not it. I think, you know, I guess that a lot of people or most people are just jealous. And this is why they don't want to be in an open relationship because they can't take their partners being with other people. And this is this is true because before when I had the online work, I used to teach. I don't know if I've told you this. I was teaching, you know, people sexting, men and women from different age and background. I was teaching them how to sext with different sexual fetishes and all that. So I was telling them about my story and all my experiences. And I was encouraging them, like, try to open up to your partners about this. Because some of them are really curious about it. But they would say, no, no, my husband would never... Let me do that. Oh, my husband would kill me if he finds yeah. out. And I think it's just because of the, the jealousy, which jealousy, it's, it's not healthy. Yeah, It's really not healthy. It, it's not healthy in a relationship, in any relationship. Mm-hmm. But you have that, which is, you know, I think um, a big factor is because of our culture. We have this, this culture of possessiveness, yeah. this culture of like, Mainly, maybe, maybe because of religion that men and women should be together and just them. That's why we have no divorce and such. But it's not giving us healthy relationships. Yeah, that's tough though, because jealousy. I mean, that not, can take you know, over. It's not. It's not easy not to be, especially if um, the person you're with is important to you, or yeah. if you love the person you tend to become jealous because, you know, you want his attention to be only you, only you. You want all his attention and all that. So if he looks at other women, if he talks to other women, then you get like, and it's not easy. It doesn't mean that I don't ever become jealous. I still do, sometimes very irrationally. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you navigate the jealousy? I still do. I really become, I still become jealous. And sometimes I know that I don't have anything to be jealous about because I'm confident that I don't have anything to be jealous about. But it still does, especially when there's alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) When there's alcohol, it's like the emotions just take over. And then I wake up the next day and I think like, it's so stupid, like, why? Why did I think of that? Why did I say that? It's so stupid. Wow. So you catch yourself and you have like this awareness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you talk about it. We talk about <sighs> it. Like it's a dream. Also, like my husband tells me, jealousy is not sexy. Like it's a turn off. Have, has there been any other challenges or second thoughts about the arrangement? Before we actually you know, took the step forward. We've talked about this for more than a year. And then we, we just kept on talking about this. And he would be like, like, wait, I don't think I'm ready yet. Wait, um, like we need to have more fun with other people together. 
before I can cope with having fun with other people separately. So I guess it's, it really started with that. I guess seeing each other with other people helped us to move forward with being with being with men or women when we're apart. Mm-hmm. We, I don't think we could have done that if we didn't play, we call it play, if we didn't play with other people together. Right. Like if we just went in and it's like, yeah, you can go fuck someone else and I can go fuck somewhere else. I don't think it will ever work like that. It has yeah. to start with, if you can be more aware when you see your partner having sex with someone else in front of you, and if you can cope with that situation, then you can cope with him having sex when you're not there. There's something so liberating about that peace of mind and knowing that like, you can talk to each other about that. And I think that's the missing element in monogamous and non-monogamous relationships, right? I feel like it's so important to have that discussion beforehand and like mm-hmm. asking yourself, like, what do we want to create for ourselves? Because like, like I mentioned before too, it's like, I feel like as a society, there's always these check marks or this um, expectation on what I've always thought that relationships had these rules and I am mm-hmm. such a rebel at heart, you know, that yeah. I I can't follow those rules, so I might as well just not be in a relationship. Mm. But I also want something that's a lot more meaningful and deeper, but I just don't want to be in this kind of rule. like Just conform with society's rules. Because you might might be looked down on. Do you encourage other couples or people to try out this route? Like, what advice would you give to them? <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah, I do. I do talk to my friends about it. Um, of course, the majority doesn't really, you know, isn't really open to it. Or maybe they're just denying themselves of, you know, this great possibility of having an open relationship or a non-monogamous relationship. But my advice would be, I guess, know your partner first. Because if, if, if you're with someone who you feel will never be able to be open for that, then there's really no point. So, like, I've known a lot of people who are the same as me, curious, they want to try it, but they're with people who are a little bit more closed, conservative, so they feel like, like, how would I get my husband to open up to not even an open relationship, but doing sexual things? that are out of the norm. So I was like, well, you know, start slow. Always start slow. I guess if uh, if I encourage couples to do it, the very first thing would be to talk about it. Talk about it a lot. Just talk about it in general first. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about this? Right? And, and having that, like, non-judgmental... Like, get the dialogue going. Yes. Not for yourselves, but just about the topic. Yeah, And I think the more you talk about it, the more open to it you'll get. And then maybe the more you talk about it with your partner, the more he'd be curious. Like, what if you and I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. 
Like, I just love this conversation so much because it's something and I'm and I really am very thankful that you can share this with us because it's something that it takes a lot of bravery to say it and it a and I think it also takes a lot of, you know, sharing your story, sharing your experience and just letting people know that it doesn't have to be this one thing that you that you're, you know, like a default way to love. And I think that there's just so much beauty behind or beauty outside of the boundaries, outside of non-norms, the non-conformity. There's so much. And just to think that, you know, there's only one thing that you can do because that's what you see in the movies and that's what you see other friends are doing is very close-minded when there's so much beauty and so much trust and deep love and connection with something that you're creating with a partner. Yeah. And I feel good about it, about us, about our lives right now. Of course, there are always challenges, struggles, but we know that whatever happens, we'll go through it together. You know, whether it involves other people or not on the side, we'll still go through it together. It's not a straight line. It's not a straight line. You have, you know, branches here and there, but in the end, you keep the path. So, uh, yeah, I hope a lot of people would be curious about it. You know, it starts with being curious and it starts with, with talking about it. And then you take the little steps like we did. So from being open to exclusive to, you know, seeing your partner flirt around, just flirt, and then seeing them, you know, do more and more things and then do things together and eventually have that freedom to do it separately as individuals. But still, you know, you go home to each other. At the end of the day, we go home to each other. We just tell each other how much we missed each other, how much we loved each other. And, you know, we're still the one for each other. We're still the best one for each other. Thank you times a million to Gail for speaking your truth and sharing your beautiful love story. What you have with your partner is truly something special. And I'm so grateful to you for allowing us a little glimpse into your world. At the end of the day, there is no right or wrong way to be in a relationship, as I'm learning now. As long as there is communication, honesty, and trust in and with your partner every step of the way, that's all that really matters. And I'm so inspired. Sending lots of light and love from Shargao. Bye for now.